always a delight to have you on. I am Pius Kojobaka. To our very first story, the International Monetary Fund has maintained that Ghana's economy is showing signs of stability while the $3 billion extended credit facility program is bearing fruit. It follows warnings that it will take years for the economy to stabilize. This is despite the marginal improvement in the macroeconomic numbers in recent times. Julie Kozak is Director of Communications at the IMF, speaking from Washington, D.C. So just a quick update on Ghana. Um, the authority's strong policy and reform commitment under the three-year, $300 billion, $3 billion, sorry, $3 billion program uh, with the IMF is starting to bear fruit. Um, there are signs of economic stabilization. Uh, growth in 2023 has proven more resilient than initially envisaged. Inflation has come down and the fiscal and external positions have improved. Moreover, exchange rate volatility has declined. Um, on October 6, 2023, uh, our IMF team reached a staff level agreement on the first review under the program. And once this review is completed by the board, uh, Ghana would have access to $600 million in uh, financing. Uh, to ensure com timely completion of the review, official creditors and the Ghanaian authorities will need to reach agreement on a debt treatment consistent with the objectives of the program and in line with the financing assurances that creditors provided in May of 2023. Discussions between the Ghanaian authorities and the official creditor committee are ongoing, and we certainly hope that an agreement can be reached soon so that we can rapidly bring uh, the program to the board. And more on the economy, Finance Minister Kendo Furiata has indicated that the country is open to any new cap date um, by the external creditors for the restructuring of Ghana's external debt, particularly China. Now, according to him, it is important for the exercise to end to enable the country access about $600 million credit facility and that International Monetary Fund second tranche bailout program or package. Now, one of Ghana's major creditors, China, is suggesting a March 2020 cutoff date for every loan given to Ghana instead of the previously agreed upon date of December 2022. Meanwhile, the government is hoping to meet the official creditor committee next week. All right, so let's get on Zoom and speak to economist Dr. Patrick Assuming on the back of this. Thanks so much, sir, for joining me on Business Life and good to see you. Now, do you think that it is a time for Ghana to accept or make concessions to the proposals um, China may bring on board? And of course, what will be the implications for that? Uh, good evening and good evening to viewers. Thanks for having me. I think that the, the, that debate about where the cutoff should be is very important. It's not uh, it's not just uh, a point about where we should start. It's not a minor point. If you look at so suppose that we our cutoff is uh, the end of last year, mm. then our total debt at that time was 28.9 billion US dollars. Now, if we take it back to a cutoff of uh, the beginning of 2020, or even February or March 2020, our external debt, that means the one that will be eligible is 23 billion. That makes a huge difference. So if you compare the two, the, if we take it back to March 2020, then the debt under consideration will be 
about 20% lower. So I don't, I don't think it's a trivial thing. This is about $5.9 billion difference. Mm. That may or may not be counted as part of what is eligible for, for, for the treatment. So I think it's, it's a very important difference. For God, for, it might seem like it was just a couple of years back, but it makes a huge difference. I'm not sure whether much of that increment of the debt is owed to China, and that's why they are, they are insisting. But I think the government has to proceed with caution and, uh, you know, engage the negotiation and then try and then see how, I mean, convince the partners about the importance of having to do a more comprehensive debt treatment rather than leaving some of the debt out. I see. And do you think that the IMF will agree with Ghana to accept the terms of China? I'm not so sure. So the IMF is really not a negotiating party, as far as I know. I think it's, it's sort of facilitating and encouraging the Ghana to engage, probably giving advice here and there. But I think if Ghana decides that they will agree with those terms, then I'm sure the IMF will have to go along with that. But you can understand why the IMF will probably encourage Ghana to do a bit more to ensure to negotiate that the, the treatment starts from uh, the end of 2022. Because if we don't do that, then the amount of debt treatment will, be, will get to be lower. And then it gets harder for us to get the medium-term debt target. And Dr. Patrick Yesume, we are told this restructuring must be completed before 20th December. Uh, to pave the way for the disbursement of the second tranche of $600 million. What would be the implications if government misses the date? I think it's, it's not looking good. Already, the uncertainty about when the second tranche will come has be, uh, is beginning to tell. Mm. I think there are other factors, but we know that the uncertainty about that receipt has contributed to the city's... Uh, the city's, uh, if I don't know if I should call it a little bit of wobble in the last uh, four weeks or so. Yeah. So I think it just doesn't help. It doesn't help, then there will be question marks about how much debt treatment you get. Don't forget that uh, it's only a few days ago that we heard about what has happened with the Zambia situation. So the longer this drags on without a resolution, the more concerned and jittery people will get about it. Well, I don't know what you make of this because um, some are arguing that or suggesting that maybe government would have to go behind the scenes to do some direct negotiations with China. I'm sure behind the scenes, the government is already doing its own lobbying, uh, speaking to individual countries that that uh, are part. But you know, I think um, this is this is a very important it's a very it's a very important discussion and. Yes, my sense is that government is definitely doing that already. They, they are trying to go behind the scenes and speak to uh, the partners to ensure that uh, they are on board. So, so I think that, that that's probably happening already. And, and what's, what's, what was the difficulty here if indeed uh, government is indeed going behind the scenes to you know, engage China on that level? And I, don't see, I don't see the difficulty. I think if it is clear that China is the only stamping block, and is the only one insisting on the, the cut-off date, then there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think, but, you know, this is a committee, a committee with two coaches. Mm. So, and I, I think this kind of thing happens all the time, where, 
if everybody else is on board and there seems to be some misunderstanding with one party, there's nothing wrong with uh, engaging on the side, trying to get an agreement before we come on board. So I don't, I don't see any specific challenge, but you have to understand that, you know, the, the, the countries are negotiating for their own interests. I think the, the Chinese government will look at the breakdown of the debt and when they were, the debt were accumulated to try and understand, uh, you know, what, what is in it for them. You know, the China will be looking at, you know, it definitely wouldn't want to contribute more to the restructuring than the Western partners. Mm. It will probably be looking at these numbers and be deciding, be thinking, well, perhaps if we shift it to an earlier date, it, it will give us a fairer treatment. So it's not a trivial thing. I think they, they have the right to have serious concerns, but I think the government of Ghana should also negotiate on fair terms. And then definitely if it feels I can make more progress doing some side negotiation with the Chinese, why not? And how do you foresee things playing out? Um, bearing in mind, we've already missed um, some targets in terms of the date set. I would say that I'm less optimistic today than I was uh, maybe two weeks ago. I think the, the challenge is that, you know, we, on our side, we keep announcing, the, the finance minister keeps putting out dates, but it doesn't control those dates. I mean, you can't, you can't control, you don't force the negotiations. So maybe we should do our discussions on the quiet and when we are ready to announce something, uh, we announce. I think because we, we've had a, a couple of announcements mm. from the finance minister that next week he thinks he's optimistic that we, we will get an agreement. That two of them have come to pass. Nothing has happened. I think it, these negotiations are tougher than we probably estimated earlier on. So I don't know. I think um, it would be a positive surprise if we were able to get this done by 20th, from my point of view. Well, and uh, recently we interviewed the MD of Unilever. Well, is of the view that if inflation should continue to trend downwards, um, manufacturers may also gradually reduce prices to achieve economies of scale. Now, what do you make of that um, assertions, and is that really achievable? I, 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 I have no idea what... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know the context in which he said that, but inflation has been trending down. It doesn't mean that prices are trending down or costs are going down. It simply means they are still rising. Look, prices are still rising. They are just rising at a slower pace. So I'm not sure how the inflation continuing to trend down should lead to uh, low adjustment in prices. If people say you should reduce prices because inflation is coming down, that's completely misunderstanding of what inflation is. Mm. If you move from 40 or 54% to the 30s that we are, it means that prices are still rising at a rate of 30, 30 plus percent. Prices are not falling. So I don't see where the point about reducing prices because inflation is trending down comes from. All right. Thank you very much. Um, Dr. Patrick Esumeng, he's an economist, and we are indeed grateful for your time here on Business Live. Let's move on to some other stories. A survey conducted by accounting and auditing firm KPMG and the Ghana Institute of Procurement and Supply has underscored the pervasive nature of procurement fraud within a significant number of organizations. Majority of respondents in the survey indicated that procurement fraud occurs in their organizations. 
while the majority of the respondents noted that the organizations have controls to prevent and detect fraud, the findings from the service suggest that there may be potential challenges in the form of collusion to bypass controls, management override of controls, absence of effective controls, and lack of adherence to established control mechanisms. Andrew Akoto is a partner with advisory at KPMG and has been sharing highlights of the survey with Joy Business. About 90% of respondents whom really constitute a significant number of procurement practitioners around the country did indicate having observed some procurement fraud in one way or the other uh, in their organization. And that is very, very significant. Mm. And among some of the types of fraud they mentioned, matters like conflict of interest, collusion, uh, procurement rigging, among others. And there is a real source of concern because as a nation, we should be looking to maximize the use of our scarce resources. And, and it becomes therefore important that um, respondents as well as stakeholders pay attention to the findings uh, from this survey. Some of the other uh, important uh, revelations had to do with lack of access to, for support from, uh, from, from management or the top, as well as access to channels to be able to uh, get support, assuming uh, practitioners come under pressure, which is more or less a daily occurrence. In the public and the private sectors, uh, it's, it's quite evident that uh, the procurement function, uh, you know, has become increasingly important and always comes under some sort of a strain or pressure uh, when uh, tenders are being put out. But the significant thing about the public sector in particular is the limited access mm. uh, for support where uh, professionals in this space uh, want to have access to be able to air their concerns or indeed report uh, uh, fraud uh, as, as the case might be. And if our respondent was uh, bold enough as, as far as go, that there should be uh, a regulatory uh, body set up specially to support procur procurement professionals uh, because of the kind of uh, pressure that they come up, they come under. EcoBank Ghana PLC says it will expand its investments for businesses across the country and beyond. The bank maintained that it remains committed to cushion the operations of these businesses to contribute to the economic growth and national development. Acting Managing Director of the bank, Joanna Mensah, said the bank will embark on various transformational agenda for businesses in 2024. She was speaking at the EcoBank Chinese Forum. The forum facilitated the trading and investment activities of the bank's key customers and the public and also provided opportunity for policymakers and key agents for a genuine and informed debate that sought to discover new ways of improving trade between the bank and Chinese business. Joanna Mensa called for more collaboration. By surmounting the challenges of language and cultural barriers, this initiative was fostered across other EcoBank affiliates in various African countries, such as Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Liberia, Benin, Cote d'Ivoire, Sierra Leone, Cape Verde, Guinea, Chad, amongst others. And indeed, we'll be very glad to also hold a forum, including all of these countries, so that we can further collaborate and develop business amongst Chinese partners in these 
other countries. Ecobank's steadfast support to Chinese business community holds paramount importance. We have financed major projects such as Judiciary Service 34 Room Court Complex, the Pokwasi Project, Temahapo Expansion, N1 Road, Home Community 26, Affordable Housing, Makola Shopping Mall, amongst others. President of the Ghana-China Chamber of Commerce, Tanghong, said the Chinese businesses will continue to be heavy in investment for technology. Trends in business help companies reduce expenses experienced in traditional business and therefore attract many more customers. There are various emerging trends, but I would like to dive into the role of emerging technology in fostering economic Growth. We can see how quickly and effectively technology has opened the door. Life in a mining community can be very difficult for members who aren't directly employed by the mining operations. However, in the heart of Ghana, some oil palm farmers, with the support of Golden Star Wasa Limited, are sowing the seeds of change. My colleague Samuel Kojo Brace um, traveled to Atiku to meet the farmers and has come through with this report. Farming is one surest way for poverty alleviation on a continent like Africa. Research indicates that agricultural productivity growth reduces poverty. Hurry into the wrap-up the year sales event at your local Ram dealer for great deals on the trucks that give you all the power you need and all the luxury you could ask for. Now get 10% below MSRP for an average of 6219 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 6219 average based on 10% below average MSRP from all 2023 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 1224. Hello, Saver. Whether you're saving for that trip to the tropics or saving for an emergency, now is the time to take advantage of Wells Fargo's savings options. Wells Fargo offers savings accounts that can help you save towards your goals. So, what are you saving for? Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash save to open a savings account today. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Member FDIC many channels. In Wasa East, farmers are using oil palm to improve their livelihoods. Today, I'm traveling to meet some of these farmers. I meet opening SM Kofi, a retired educationist living here in Ateku, a mining community in the Wasa East district of the western region. He says farmers in the area have been lucky to have been enrolled on a project, the Golden Star Oil Palm Plantation. When we look at the past and now, there has been a huge transformation. These palm plantations have helped many young men and women to build their own homes. Some farmers have been able to send their children to school. The young girl you see here is my grandchild and have been able to sponsor her education from the proceeds of the farm. The palm business has been very impactful. Another farmer, Mary Adomako, lives in Adasi, also in the Wasa East district. To her, 
oil palm has been instrumental at getting her out of the poverty line. First now, when we didn't have the oil palm plantations, things were difficult. But since the chiefs gave Golden Star lands to cultivate these farms for us, they have really been helping our children's education since my husband died. It is the oil palm farm that has helped me to take care of the children. By cultivating oil palm trees, these farmers like Auntie Mary are not only contributing to the local economy, but also improving their own living standards. Things were really difficult when we didn't have the farm. We didn't have money to buy food and other things we needed. The children and I could only manage to eat just once a day. Things were hard. But now, I eat two times a day, and the kids eat three times a day. If I say things are difficult for us now, I would be telling a lie. Auntie Mary says some more people now want to give their land out to Golden Star to cultivate for them. I was having a chat with someone, and he said if GSOPP will allow it, he will give them his land for them to cultivate for him because he has a friend who is on the project and knows how much he gets each month. Someone filed that report. We've got more stories for you after this break. Every day, people have money emergencies. Mom, I need my school fees. Emergency. Mom, it's your money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, Charlie, and enjoyment. And it's all by free guard. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies and chop life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. Welcome back. Traders of furniture at La Paz are lamenting the high cost of manufacturing materials and imported products. Um, today on Joy Business Shopping List, my colleague Jesse Ariel Magbaku finds out the cost of imported and locally manufactured furniture on the market. There's more. Welcome to the Joy Business Shopping List. This week we are at La Paz where there's a huge market for both imported and locally manufactured furniture. So if you are looking to buy furniture for your homes, offices, this is the place to be. We'll find out just how much it costs to buy furniture for your space. Your um, 
um, royal type, no. I don't know, um, mostly from Holland, and uh, your friend is um, Turkey. And we have the um, leather ones too, mostly from Germany and the UK. And our price is not so, um, somewhere last year it was affordable, but this year, trust me, we are facing, I mean, challenges. So, this one, for example, is this a is this a No, this is um, 3-1. We have the 3-1 and the 2-1, which makes it um, five-seater. So yeah. Example, what's the price? Yeah, the price is $6,500. Are you open to a reduction? Yeah, sure. Probably um, 6000 I can give it to the person. So, a few months ago, how much were you selling this? Yeah, well, a few months ago, uh, it was somewhere um, 4000 Let's see, um, the 3-in-1 three, um, was 2500 and um, the 2-in-1 um, was 1005 But um, due to, I mean, um, the challenges we are facing this time around cost of materials and other stuffs um, it makes the price goes I mean, a bit higher so this is a material type of sofa this material and something like this and that one is um, a sweet material and that ones are the leather types the next one is different from this so what's the price of this one um, the price of this starts from 7500 and roughly um, for set of sofa it should be seven seater. The, the price of seven seater should be um, uh, seven thousand upwards. That's for seven seater. But when I mean um, uh, the prices, we are facing a bit of uh, challenges. We, we reduce it a bit for the person, so that at least um, you know, I will be a bit when you do any them. You get what I mean? Yeah. So I can see you have some leather types there. How much does that one cost? Yeah, that one is um, 8500 That's for the first price. And it comes down to uh, maybe um, 8000 Yeah, and um, the leathers too, we have them in different types. We have um, the soft leather and we have the hard leather. You understand me? So normally people without um, AC in their rooms prefer the um, soft leather. Leather ones, um, normally we do sell them in sets. Which costs um, seven thousand or seven thousand five hundred, but recently um, the prices has gone up to nine thousand, eight thousand five hundred, and eight thousand. That's the um, less amount we can give you. What is the reason why this has gone up? Is it the import duties? Yeah, it's um, first of all the import duties, and secondly to um, the price of materials too has gone up. Yeah, so um, it's all part of it that's made I mean the price gone up. Is there a period where you reduce your prices? Well, I should say um, somewhere last year, December, yeah, it was okay. We, we reduced the prices, but this time around, we're finding it easy. Because um, I should say last um, three weeks, we cleared one container, uh, which cost almost um, 130000 But as you say, somewhere last year, it cost us um, 100000 yeah, so difference of um, almost um, 30,000. So far, no, Mouton is saying. So far, the beer one prices. Yeah, we are going to have 5,000. And I'll go 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 and I'll go
Yeah. So wait for example. Wait for example. Different of the We two thousand five hundred. And they buy in the sunny town. Maybe to say we must use seven thousand. And the best three months or six months in the price now. Near will be beat to say dining table. Dining table and a cost road nap say a buffer. Near the seven thousand. Nine thousand by my eight five. Eight thousand five hundred. I set it in now. So now, a few months ago. And the, and the, the price is now about six months in there. Price is now. One year ago. One year ago, one year ago, one year ago, one year ago, six thousand five hundred. We are in Toma. So far, we are in Toma. And they are five thousand. When you say a year ago? A year ago, four thousand. I was in way, was in leather. Across, we 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 we